Hi, this is Smriti Kirvanandan, your host for Health Forward Podcast. One of the most important things you can do for yourself is to take care of your health. Your road to discovering an all-inclusive, empathetic, and innovative healthcare ecosystem starts right now. 2.7 million children aged 3 to 17 have depression or anxiety. 40% of teens have a sense of hopelessness in the United States. A meta-analysis of 400 studies has proven that music can reduce depression and anxiety in a clinical setting and perhaps before surgery. In this episode, I'm in conversation with Lucky Diaz, who is a two-time Grammy Award winner, a four-time Grammy-nominated, and a six-time Emmy-nominated artist who creates music for kids. We will be discussing the art of expression, music as medicine, and the importance of embracing oneself. Lucky, welcome to Health Forward. Such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Lucky, share with us what inspires you to play the kind of music you do. You know, um, the inspiration for doing the work that I do came from my own kids. You know, I was, to be honest, I was trying to find a way to entertain our eldest daughter at the time. And it all stemmed from just wanting to connect with my own kids. And so making stuff, it comes naturally, obviously, because I'm an artist and that's what I wanted to do. I also wanted to show, I've always wanted to show my kids that making things is just a natural part of of life. It's not a struggle to create things. And I think some oftentimes people might put a lot of rules on on things, right? Like, oh, well, you can't make this because you don't have this equipment or you don't have this knowledge or but I think as humans, I know as humans that we have just an innate ability and natural ability just to be creative. And we are creative beings and it's part of the human experience, just like breathing, right? It's just to make stuff. And so, yeah, so it was really exciting to, to just make, start making stuff. And, you know, I kept making stuff and now I'm here all this, all these years later, thankfully still making things, you know? Yeah, that's great. The inspiration starts from home. And I love that you're uh, kind of throwing a light on being creative and expansive and not uh, contracting, especially the young minds. I think that's fantastic. And um, so Tolstoy said that music is the shorthand of emotion. And Congreve explained that music has charms to soothe the savage breast. What are your experiences and reflections? I mean, I think that that's, I, I, sounds are so um, emotive and they, they, they resonate, vibrate. We're always vibrating, right? Our organs are vibrating. Our bodies are in this space. And... I, I always think of sounds as as these moving, you know, molecules or atoms that are that are touching us. And I just recently, it was interesting. I saw that I don't know if it was on Instagram or 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 somewhere online. There was all these videos of actual the the manifestation of sound as a visual uh, experience. You know, so someone was like blowing notes into a tube that was filled with gas and it was on fire and it made you can see it you can see the sound which was incredible because you know we always associate sound with just hearing you know but not necessarily a visual experience that there's a there's a visual component into it that in actual sound and it was a really exciting experience so yeah i think that that i think resonating is so key and vibrations are so important and all of that just kind of connect it's connecting 
right? So I think that sound and music allows us all to connect. You know, I was just recently, I went to go see Paul McCartney a few months ago and I'm a huge Beatles fan, like most of humankind, I think. And my favorite part about watching Paul McCartney isn't watching Paul McCartney. It's watching the audience experience these songs together. And just for a few minutes, we are all equalized and sharing something that we can all agree on is amazing, right? And we all are pulling from different memories when we heard whatever song it was. And it's a pretty profound experience to watch that. I have the most fun at concerts, you know, watching the audience, you know, because I guess that's the perspective I'm always at anyways. But it's like when you go see art in a museum, you know, we there's different experiences that happen, right? Whether that's you internalizing the art or us thinking about the artist making the art or what was happening when the art was made, you know? And so I guess it's just one of the various ways to to consume an experience. But yeah, that's what I would say about it, I think. No, I love that answer. One, because I think you're, the, the fact that you said that we're all equal when you're listening to music and you share this common space and this common sense yeah. of joy and experience i think that's really beautiful and I, I think that's why i love music it's this way of interconnecting and integrating cross-culturally globally and it just brings us all together and it's one of those few moments where we don't really think much more beyond where we are and what you're listening to and experiencing so i love that answer lucky thank you for sharing oh thanks yeah 2.7 million children especially between the age of 3 to 17 in the united states experience depression or anxiety, in which 40% of them are teens and have a sense of hopelessness. And as you write for kids, do you believe music as therapy or medicine can be leveraged to address these concerns? It's a really interesting question because I think that in, I always ha- kind of have this joke, and I actually just spoke about this with someone yesterday, about not taking things so seriously in the sense of my profession that I'm not necessarily saving lives, right? So I don't, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a, a healthcare professional or a teacher, so I don't feel like I'm saving lives. But in some small ways, I think that the work I get to make can save lives inadvertently and giving an emotional space for kids to kind of escape to or just internalize their emotions, you know. So I'm an author as well. And I remember I had a reading in St. Louis about maybe a month ago now. And I did the reading. And at the end of the reading, you know, I signed every all the kids got each got their own book and I dedicated to them and I signed them. I usually say, like, you know, oh, like, what's your favorite sport? I'm engaging them in conversation, mm-hmm. you know, just to connect, right? Like, oh, what do you what's your favorite? Like one of my books is called Father Thittle Man. It focuses on an experience of a little a child going on a quest to get a, a Mexican popsicle. And I'll ask him, well, what's your favorite? Well, let that flavor, you know, strawberry, vanilla, et cetera, you know. And I asked, you know, sometimes like, oh, what do you like to do in your spare time? And so I, I just had this reading to about 400 kids and I'm signing all these books and this little person comes up and I say, oh, what's your, what's your name? I dedicate it. And then I say, well, what do you like to do in your spare time? And then they said, I like to spend time in my room making art and expressing my emotions. And I thought that was like a really profound answer from a child that's eight years old, because we just never really consider what 
I think oftentimes in adult culture and just our lives, we don't really we we don't consider what children might be experiencing on an emotional level. And emotional development is so important. And, you know, depression is real. I and anxiety is real. And I think the work I do hopefully helps kids just find a, a world for just even a few minutes, even if they're listening to a song, even just for three minutes. There's a, a distraction or a place for them to go that they can feel safe if they're reading one of my books and feel that they connect with the characters or they can imagine and see themselves in the characters. And I think that helped their overall wellness. You know, I think it's important to consider because that's why art is so important to kids. Right. And art that's specifically made for them, because oftentimes they say like, oh, what's the difference between children's music and just regular music? I'm just going to play my kids regular music. Well, there's a lot of different things. I think music, pop music, what it is now isn't what it was, mm-hmm. you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even because it used to be that you can listen to the radio. Uh, we had less availability to things, but in so many ways, we had more options in the sense that like, you know, it was music was more universal. Now we have all these niche genres for everything, which is amazing. So we all get to listen to exactly what we want. If you want to listen to, you know, prog metal by a type of person in a type of place, you can you can have a Spotify playlist for that, you know, which is like all very specific. But I think the universal aspect of music in a lot of ways has gone not everyone likes what's on pop music and sometimes it's not even appropriate for kids and you know i'm not saying that it's inappropriate but it's not always as universally appealing as maybe like the beatles were or the beach boys are Mm -hmm. or any of the you know what i mean it's just not like if you're like if you're nine to 90 everyone can agree that I want to hold your hand is a great song. That everyone's <laughs> yes, <been sure>. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Hey Jude is an amazing yes. song, but you can't necessarily say that about top 40 radio now because a Beyonce song. And I love Beyonce. It may not be for everyone from nine to 90, you know, it could be, I'm just saying that oftentimes it may not be anymore. And so, but it's, I think it's important to, to curate these experiences for kids and families, especially because a familial unit is also a different that's a different experience as well, right? It's not a single person's view. Being a parent is an experience and being a child, you know, is, is an experience. And then being a family is an experience, right? We have these memories that are so um, exclusively familial, right? Like whether that's like a meal or what we all did on a Friday night together, or I don't know. And there's beauty in that. And I think that making work for that experience is something that I enjoy as well, you know, because parents, adults, caregivers can connect with their kids over the work that I get to make. And that I hope helps with anxiety and depression for a family, right? Maybe in some way. I don't know specifically how, but I I hope that it could, you know? I think it absolutely does. And thank you for sharing, because I think, you know, you're 100% right. When we look at music, which was created before, it was so simplified. And in my perspective, had a little bit more innocence and purity to it. And nowadays, it's very critical that we personalize what we listen to, because working in the healthcare and food field myself, I don't think it's no longer you are what you eat. I think we are all what we see, what we hear, what we do, what Mm. we experience. And so music and social media and everything we see has a very subconscious and conscious impact, not just for kids, I think even for adults. And in a world with so much of information, I find, you know, personally, of course, biased that music is very healing and relaxing and can really bring back us to our purpose and existence. So I love that you're writing books and 
you know, connecting with kids in different kinds of art forms. And I think that's really, really incredible. In a meta-analysis of 400 studies, it has been proven that music can reduce depression and anxiety in a clinical setting. And before surgery, for example, how can we encourage our physicians and healthcare executives to integrate this? You know, that's a great, that's a great question and a great idea. And I feel something that should be I, I, it should really be part of the protocol in healthcare. You know, it should be whether that music is to soothe in a post operate a post op uh, recovery situation or rehabilitation, or even in going into an experience where they were playing music that was baked in. I don't know how it was being. I don't know if it was coming from the ceiling or it, so. <laughs> was, so, so it was nice that they had music, but the problem was that the song that was playing before they were going to put me out with anesthesia was what, what, it's that Kansas song. What is it? Candle in the wind. Do you know this song? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's incredibly depressing about someone dying and they're about to put me out. Like they give me a, they're about to inject me with an anesthetic. Like, that, that's but, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, and they're, and they're, they're talking to me trying to kind of put me at ease about just like, Oh, so what do you do? I'm like, Oh, I write songs. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I said, Oh yeah. You know, these are interesting song choices you have here. And I didn't really have time to, to have them change it because they're little, the doctor, the anesthesiologist is literally walking up to like putting that syringe thing into the IV that I have in my body. And it's like, Hold my hand, <laughs> only for a moment, and the moment's gone. I'm like, this. Am I dying? This is my. Like, this is the end. This, the, this the is climax. the end. This, <laughs> this is. So to answer your question, yes, someone should have considered the, the playlist. They should have had something like a little bit yeah. more upbeat. I didn't even tell my wife about this, but it was pretty funny. And I, I was like, okay, well, if this is how I'm gonna go, it is a pretty song, and. Well, okay, you know, but this is the kind of song you sing at funerals or something. (laughs) No, thank you for sharing. And it's a very important point you actually mentioned that it's not just people, you take up music therapy as medicine and just plug it in. And, you know, physicians are, of course, they're busy on the ground, uh, giving you the best care. And as patients, we are also anxious and worried. So both parties are not probably the right people to be orchestrating this experience, right? It's sort of yes perhaps has to be a music therapist or someone who's dedicated <laughs> to understanding how to integrate this experience and what the implications are, right? Because if this made, no, made you more anxious, then that yeah. is, you know, kind of counterproductive. So I think that's critical even in terms of therapy and other formats and, you know, when someone's entering and waiting in the waiting room for the next appointment, what they play, how they play. So it's a, definitely a program and a protocol someone has to think through about the t- entire experience. So Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really great subject matter that you brought up. It's a great question. I think that definitely the healthcare industry overall should should definitely be enlisting music therapists or arts therapists to uh, curate experiences in the overall care management of patients. But again, I think it's it's definitely something that's more needed than I guess I even thought up to this point. But yeah, you're right. The album Crayon Kids, which was recorded and released during the pandemic, has been nominated for a Grammy Award. Share with us a little bit more about the issues that kids dealt with during the pandemic. We have a song called Generation C on that album, and it has to do with just, I mean, some of the things, a lot of the things that kids that have to go through, canceled birthday parties and not being able to play together. And and it's actually, you know, it's interesting that you asked about that album because there's a lot of emotions 
that are kind of packed in there. You know, I, I co-wrote it with my writing partner, Michael Farkas, who's a very talented writer in his own right and has, you know, toured with Bob Dylan and a lot of really significant artists. And he's a tremendous artist and also a dad. And when we wrote together, we had to write it over uh, Zoom and FaceTime. So we were never together, but we were, we would just get together maybe once a week and, you know, talk about some of the things that were going on in our lives. I think that that's kind of I think songwriting for me. It's like, maybe it's like golf for somebody else, you know, like I just kind of, I, it's an excuse to hang out with my friends and just, I don't know, just kind of, you know, shoot the breeze about just talk about things and stuff and the experiences. And I, I think that for us, we saw our kids going through a lot of things and our spouses and our families. And we were able to, you know, put that into, into that album. And so it really, was meaningful and emotional. There's a song that talks about a child just doesn't want to, they don't, they want, they don't want to be around anyone. They just want to be alone for just a second. You know, they just want to quiet. And, you know, it was, it's, it was tough to get that bandwidth during the pandemic. You know, it's like, it, these are real emotions and that's what that album was really about. And I was grateful that it got nominated for a Grammy and a surprise but definitely grateful. So yeah, it's a meaningful work. I th- I just like making things that are sincere and that mean something to me, you know, and I hope that that connects with other people. No, absolutely. I love that you're authentic and just keeping things raw as much as possible. And it's incredible. If I had to write a song and assume it would be nominated for Grammy, I think that that's a very, very long shot. So it's great that you have this very, <laughs> very, very natural, humble talent that you so graciously share with all of us. Yeah. Um, so lucky four Grammy nominations, two wins and six Emmy nominations. I mean, congratulations. <laughs> and what does this mean to you as an artist? Well, wow, it, it means so many things and it means no things at the same, nothing at the same time. I think that it's a real tremendous honor to be recognized by your peers in something that you really love doing and you're so impassioned over and something that I just, you know, I love doing for no reason at all other than the fact that I really love making music and I really love making art. And I think that I never had thought in a million years that I'd even get, I remember getting our first Grammy nomination. I was just like, so overwhelmed with emotions about what that means, because I think as, uh, as people, you know, we always, I don't know. I think that we're conditioned to strive for excellence and our parents, especially being the child of an immigrant uh, of immigrants and, you know, kind of working from from nothing to something is so meaningful because I think you're trying to continue a legacy of your family just in in just trying to improve whatever it was or where we came from or being proud of where we come from, but also evolving and achieving something. Right. And so like, that was like a really crazy experience. And, and then all of us, I don't know, I think I kind of, it's hard for me to look back and even consider that we have had so many accolades because sometimes I feel paralyzed and thinking like, I don't have any more songs in me or stories and going through months of that, right, where I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know what to to write about, or I'm not inspired. And then all of a sudden, like, I'll just hopefully, luckily, I just was like, oh, I have this song, or I have this song, or I have this story, and it all kind of comes together. So it's kind of you have one has to trust the process. So I look at those awards as like these little time capsules that I can remember that I saw my friends and we got together and we celebrated, or just the recognition is something that's interesting too, because 
think people take you a lot more seriously, like in a weird way, which is kind of the, that's the part of it that's a little mixed up, right? Because I think that it shouldn't matter like how many awards you got. I think if you make cool things, like, I don't know, I think they're still cool, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But it is nice. And I think it's an interesting perspective for me, for me to have the latitude to even say anything like that, right? So it's like, yeah, I guess it's easier for me to say like, oh, you should like it even if it's never won an award. But it also, yeah, it's a mixed, it's it's a lot of emotions, right? There's a lot of things that come with it. And it's very, they're all, I would say that it's a 99% positive experience to, to be recognized. <laughs> so so I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it doesn't, I, Jimi Hendrix, I think had this really famous quote, um, that he was talking about, and it could, you know, it could be something that I read once that he didn't even say, but he said something about like, you know, praise distracts him, right? Praise is a distraction from making art and he didn't care for it in so many ways. And so like, I think that like, I, I, my workspace doesn't have any reference to any accolades. It's different than other people I know who, who have like all these like showcases, all the things that they've earned and stuff. And to me, like, I don't want any of those things. What I want in my workspace are like paintings that like, or pictures that really inspire me, um, people that inspire me, um, equipment that inspires me. And to me, like at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. Cause it means what I'm also very grateful for is that those things mean that I get to make more things. And that to me is the the real prize, right? So yeah, I guess that's my answer. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that answer. And I love that we share the giant story of being an immigrant and feeling like we constantly have to improve, but incredible work. And we're all lucky to have you lucky. But you know, um, so gracious. these are just awards reflective of, you know, your hard work and also your creativity, right? But I think the reason I bring an artist to my podcast is also that a lot of our healthcare leaders can learn so much more from people like you. It's more than the awards and it's more than the the status we achieve. It's more of the impact and the lives we really want to change. So I love that you shared uh, your wonderful side. I think it's very, very important. Well, thanks for giving me a place to share it, you know, and talk about these things. And I mean, I, I appreciate you speaking even towards the Im- immigrant component of like just being an artist because so, mon- so many immigrant kids don't really get the latitude to just be artists, right? I think oftentimes it's like, oh, when are you, you know, my parents are like, you know, they were always been very supportive. My mom is a fine artist and they were always, and my brother's also is an art creator. So we're kind of a uh, family of uh, art. I always say that art is our family business, but I think that <laughs> also a lot of immigrant families have to say like, oh, when are you going to be an attorney or a, a doctor or a dentist? And how are you going to make money? I think that a lot of, I speak to a lot of immigrant kids like an immigrant first generation immigrant children that are artists or have gone down this path that have expressed how difficult it is to try to convince your parents that it's a good idea to make art you know <laughs> or be a writer or a dancer or, or or a musician or something because it doesn't it it doesn't easily fit into the to the oh, let's make some money component, you know? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Coming so. from an Indian background, we are very, very uh, close, my friend. We are not too far <laughs> I know, no, we have a lot of... We, yeah, I'm preaching to the choir. We have a lot of common. I totally... You already know all this, but it, it's, yeah, it definitely, yeah. So, but I, I, think, I think it's a, it's a great uh, platform for you to really show an example of how passion and impact 
can be, you know, in a different format by using different career models. It's not just the engineers, not just the doctors. Uh, you sure. Know, a significant impact for kids, right? So I think that's great. Right. And that's amazing. Yeah. So lucky in my view, you are clearly inspiring kids and the future of health and the future of well-being. If you have to share three takeaways for the future of health inspired by music, what would that be? I think, you know, one, be yourself. Number two, be brave and have courage. And number three, I think to continue making things in that process is, is in, isn't tied to being in wellness, right? So I think that it's a difficult thing to put, to put oneself out there. And I think that, you know, when I go read to kids and I'll say, is anyone in this room, raise your hand if you're an artist. And then maybe half of them will raise their hands. And I'll say, well, everyone should be raising their hands in this room because we're all artists. We're all making art. We're all creating things. And I think that that's like a real key component in our experience for self-care, you know, is to express the things that are happening inside of us, whether that's you know, writing something, an emotion, even an idea or journaling. And um, that is creating prose, right? That didn't exist before. I always joke that even making a sandwich for lunch is, is creating something, you know, and I created this thing. And so if you create that thing with, with good, positive ingredients, we're only nourishing ourselves. And so I think that that's what the, that's what the art of, of, of wellness could be and is. And so I guess those are the three takeaways, but you know, the, and that second component of just being courageous, it takes a lot of courage just to be right. Just to get up. And so I, I think it's really important, but I, th- I think that's what I would say. I mean, so, so much so I think. No, I love, I love all the three answers in shot. It's being bold, being expressive, being creative, and just being you, which is a gift by yeah. itself. So Lucky, thank you so much for joining Health Forward. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It's re- really been, I'm a huge fan, uh, and I, it's been a real pleasure. And thanks for including me in your amazing lineup and, and show. And it's great. So thank you. Thank you for listening. This is Health Forward Podcast, and I'm your host, Smriti Kirbanandi.